What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it to the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E. I'm an addict and I need it in my veins. I'm an addict. Otherwise, I feel plain now. Every day I wake up, people got a problem. Making all these trades up. Got me singing, got them. But I've been paid up. I even started from the bottom. See, I don't wait up. I ain't even playing possum. So what it cost them just a couple of firsts. Can't believe that it worked. Not to say I'm a jerk, but I'm an addict. It's what I said in the first. You can curse all you want. You can pray in your church, but... I'ma keep tapping return, I win up, I learn, I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn, you gotta cheat before I drop you like the beat, I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed, I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain, I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing, I'm an addict, Russ and Brian are the names, trade addicts pie, let's go. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I'm SFD, Superflex Dude. There you go, Russ. Superflex Dude. <laughs> Superflex Dude. It's been a while since I've done that. But oh, yeah. I had to do that one for you. And I have a trading problem. Actually, now I kind of want you to start introducing yourself as John the Rogue Hogue. <laughs> yeah. I saw you have the... We'll get into Superflex in a second, but hey, everybody, welcome to session. I think we're at 137 of the Trade Addicts podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will, and we will. Brian, unfortunately, is not able to be with us again. And while I said last week it takes two people to fill his shoes, John's podcasting ability, his voice, and if you could see the angelic picture he has going on right now he has this wonderful angle of the camera and the light coming in on like a bit of an angle and there's a little bit of haze going on probably because he has to clean his webcam a little bit uh but it's just it's wonderful i love it and thank you for coming on john oh hell yeah man it's so good to be back i i it's first of all it's been a while since i've been on trade addict but the last time i was here uh you weren't yes you replaced me (laughs) the last time yeah yeah Yeah. and maybe that's the last two times in fact i think i actually hosted uh we very first began yes um we that's back before brian and i actually knew anybody who podcasted besides you guys and (laughs) we knew you knew how to host and brian did not (laughs) so we're like just get john just get john oh my god oh thank god john can do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> which he's way he he and i told him then and i'll tell it i'll say it now yep, he's way better it. at that stuff than he will ever admit to i told him he's, also yep he's just one of those guys that likes to keep the the expectations of himself <laughs> super low <laughs> i know or like i tell him no i'm the self-deprecating one in this relationship get off my te- get off that's that's my deal yeah that's Step my out. thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
it is Monday night. We are here in the middle of game two of Monday night. I okay, let's I need to be honest about this. Nice. I would be happy with just Sunday football. I don't even need Monday night football. I don't like Thursday football and I hate Tuesday football. Yeah. Uh, like it's really like I used to be a very big hockey fan and it made it a little tough because hockey was there's no set days for hockey. There's like, hey, Wednesday hockey game, Thursday hockey game. You know, it's all over the place. I love having just Sunday's football day. You know, Sunday, yeah. I do laundry, sit in front of my TV, fold my laundry while watching football. Like that that's my Sundays. And I freaking love it. It's great. It's wonderful. And now this is like Mondays. It's annoying because it's the best day for Brian and I to record. And, you know, everyone like if there's a good game, I, I found out I can stream it on my phone uh, last week because last week was the Seahawks game. Um, so at least if I cared enough about the game that was going on right now, I could sort of watch it. But yeah. and then Tuesday. Oh, man, I just realized like an hour ago that this is week 13 and playoffs for 90 percent of the league's start next week and mm-hmm. commissioners are screwed out of a day because there's Tuesday football, which means the week's not going to roll over till Wednesday, which means I lose all day Tuesday having to set up my 15 plus leagues that I freaking run. And of course, since we do the, which everyone should be doing the sixth, at least the sixth seed is for most points. So it's not like a something you can just set in MFL to be like, okay, set my playoffs for me now. Like you have to do it manually. Yeah, and, and do the seating and everything. So it's something that has to be done individually. And plus, I run the freaking uh, Dynasty Diagnostic Listener League, which is four leagues in one. So that's, I mean, at least I don't have to click to a new site. I don't know. There's no real positive to that that I could really think of. Plus, Aton came up with ridiculously convoluted yet awesome, I have to admit, uh, standings, playoff seatings. Um, the way he does it, I know we are super sidetracking right away, but I don't necessarily care. John got me really fired up before the show started, so I'm just going to be talking a lot and very fast. Riding the wave. We're just riding the wave right now. The way he does it is the top two records, and then most points, four, and then the next three spots are the next three best all-play win percentages. And Whoa. I freaking love it because, at least in my division of the DDCL, Clearly, it's the top two. The guy with the most points is in fourth place. The next top two win percentages, me and someone else, are sixth and seventh. Like, that just shows roster variance, right? Like, we have so many all-play wins, but, you know, we're, like, six and seven. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just, like, that's why records are stupid. Like, clearly, you need to have them because we play in a head-to-head environment, league setting, whatever you want to say. But that should absolutely 100% not be the end-all, be-all of who gets into the playoffs. It's just For sure. absolutely wrong. So I kind of really, I, I'm not going to change things in my leagues because I'm far too lazy because I want, I wish I had the foresight to make every trade addicts league exactly the same. But in the beginning, I'm like, oh, let's make people happy. Let's vote on how to do uh rookie draft order. Let's vote how to do, you know, stuff. I'm like, I just want to go back and just, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Not. I, I have it uh, starting la- la- last year, the leagues I started there, then I just made the decisions, but like one through four, they're a little different. And I'm like, God, I just wish I did them the same now. And yeah. I don't have the, uh, I, I'm not the kind of commissioner. I don't know. I have the chutzpah to be the commissioner be like, I'm changing this and I don't care what you say. Even though I know like 90% of the people will not care. I will just, it will break my heart for that one person's like, but I don't like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's super on me, not on anyone else that that one person saying that will bother me. And it really will because 
you shouldn't just change things. <laughs> and especially you shouldn't change things because you're lazy. <laughs> and well, that you would should... 100% being what I would be doing. I mean, you should you shouldn't just, you know, unilaterally change things, but oh, your lead should acknowledge that you're the lead, that you, <laughs> <laughs> if you're the if you're the commissioner, you've set up this league. So here's the thing. Like, so I've got this uh, this home redraft league with a bunch of my college buddies that I've been commissioning for years. I've been trying to get out of it because I did the same thing. I went down that path early on of making it completely democratic. I use uh, survey monkey and send out a, yeah. <laughs> a a ballot to them every year and let them pick you know all the yep. settings all the changes and everything and if i make even the smallest change to it right now they go nuts they're like dude i didn't approve that i'm like oh you didn't even think about it like <laughs> no you didn't approve it because you didn't even know that it exists you have no idea about the fact that it's going to make this league way better so what i had to do this year is create a peripheral league, like a, a, a an offshoot league <laughs> for that same league. And like I got to create all the settings for it. I made it a, a thievery league, a vampire league, and a guillotine league all in one with all these crazy settings and stuff. It's putting um, a lot of work on yourself right there. And oh, and I, it, I'm doing it on ESPN, by the way, which <laughs> just triples the work pretty much. Uh, but I, I managed to get them hooked on, you know, things like Superflex and yeah. um, uh, so all play scoring. Um, uh, uh, man, we we've got some other stuff that I snuck in there too, and I can't even remember off the top of my head. But yeah. like that's that was just kind of me flexing my muscles as a commissioner. <laughs> being like dude this is the stuff that i could bring to the to our you know our long running league if you would just shut up and let me do it (laughs) yeah there's two things that i am unilaterally making the decision for there are two trade addicts leagues that's that have divisions and i'm getting rid of them because we they serve zero purpose yep um when i first set up the trade addicts leagues i wanted to do something with rivals but it never panned out. Nothing ever really happened. So there's no reason for divisions to exist. So, and they just make it harder for me to do the math as to who gets into the playoffs. So I'm just not doing that anymore. And I can't remember if I talked about this last week. So sorry, people listening. I'm going to talk about it again, even if I did. What I'm going to do is allow, tr- oh yeah, and you're in trade at six. So this matters to you. Um, I'm going to allow trades to go through during weeks. So like, oh, cool. we can, we can do a trade right now for you know someone that could be playing tomorrow except you can't use that player this week oh, because okay. that was the big pushback was you can double dip you can get your points from someone who played on sunday and then again get points for a new person that wasn't on your team at the beginning of the week yeah so this so what's gonna and i will absolutely i'd be willing to police this it's very few things will i say i care about what other people do like honestly i don't even care about tanking 100 percent honest the the bylaws in my the bylaws in my leagues are super vague on purpose, yeah. just because it's like, dude, just don't tank. That's really what that's pretty much what my my bylaws say. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like that that's the extent of what they say. So yeah. I will not go out like I'm not going to go look at every matchup every single week to make sure that people set what I think their best lineup is. First of all, I suck at setting lineups. I'm not going to judge someone else's. <laughs> and second of all, I don't have the time for that or the energy or the care for it. Yeah, I have the time and energy and care for this because I hate, hate 
sitting in front of my work, my computer at work on Monday and not being able to do anything about fantasy football. That's yeah. really the only reason I want this. I still just want to make trades. That's, that's really what it comes down to. I don't want to have to be frozen for a day. Which, and, which but, just kind of brings us back to what you were saying about, you know, the fact that we've got one freaking game on Monday, most Mondays yeah. in a normal year. <laughs> like we've got that <laughs> one game holding everything up in all our, le- our ability to trade, our ability to, you know, set waivers, stuff you like that. You can just drop a guy if you don't want him on your team anymore. Yeah. Like you yeah. can't do it because everything's locked. Everyone's yeah. locked. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our, and if, as analysts, our ability to start looking ahead to the next, the next week, like we can't do that. Plus on top of everything else, we've got to sit through this damn game, usually a pretty bad game. And, <laughs> and, and they get to bed super late and get up early the next day and just have our entire week screwed up. Yeah. Like we do that for four months out of every year. The, the the tail really wags a dog when it comes to that. We really should. We really yeah. should reorganize. I had never even thought about it until you brought it up, but I, I like it. Let's get it. Let's just consolidate it on the Sundays. Yeah, because what we were saying before, like, and, you know, fine, I'll pimp out your show about it anyway. Uh, nice. John and Bill McCarthy did, uh, you know, they have the Superflex City. If you don't know by now, go subscribe, rate and review Superflex City, a bunch of, I'll let John get into it in a few minutes. Awesome shows, but they had a commissioner. I don't remember the name of the, sh- the show exactly, but they did a commissioner centric show with John and Bill McCarthy at Super Duplex Fantasy Timeline, Dap Network, Bam Synergy. Um, and they were talking about, you know, trade deadlines and, um, I can't remember what else because I was just so stuck on the trade deadline things, but regardless, Same. a lot, yeah, a lot of it came down to manufacturing the different like maybe man not necessarily manufacturing activity though that's mm-hmm. what a deadline is really just set to do but we're not going to get into trade deadlines mostly because a john and i agree on it completely <laughs> which is boring podcasting just because i'm already worked up from it i don't need to get further worked up <laughs> but like the point of dynasty leagues is that they never shut off like that's really the best part of dynasty leagues except for Mondays. <laughs> like you right. are stuck on Mondays. Like at least on Sunday, you're watching football all day. You're seeing your scores move Monday during the day. You are frozen. Mm-hmm. And I want to get, I want that gone. And this is at least one quick way. I could at least think to something to happen on Mondays. And of course that's such a small problem when you consider it, but it's my problem and I run the league. So I'm going to damn well fix it if I want to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, in in like there's so much arbitrage to be exploited on Mondays. That's the other thing. I like everything just ha- we we just had this conversation. Uh, Bobby Koch actually kind of started it, and I quote tweeted him, and um, it, and it just took off in several different directions. But just today we were talking about this: the fact that people are already calling Justin Jefferson the wide receiver one. Yes, you know, after the game, after the day he had yesterday. Um, after, you know, DK Metcalf, I, I mean, still a ton of volume, still a ton of catches. Yeah. He only scored like 12, 15 points. Right. He didn't score 37. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, we, we already, we took him off the throne before he even, he even warmed it up <laughs> and replaced him with Justin Jefferson. And, and I mean, that just goes to show like that's that type of, of group think can, it, it can really kind of translate to some trade activity yeah. if if there was room for it. 
Right. And not having that cool down period of seeing yeah. everyone be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Devontae Adams? <laughs> like, right. like before people can start getting logic and rationale back into their brains, take advantage of it. Like that that again, that's the point of especially men when Twitter's involved. I mean, there's so much <laughs> recency bias. Like taking advantage of that is half the fun. And right. like I'll be honest, I absolutely fall for it. So like I'm not claiming to be smarter than the next guy in any way, shape, or form. But yeah. like it's it's absolutely something you should be able to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But again, we're agreeing a lot. So <laughs> We're going to move on a little bit. Let's actually get to football. Uh, and I'm sure we're just going to fall back into this again later because we have a bunch of listener questions. And I'm sure yeah. one of them are going to involve trades or something. And it's going to just go right back to this. Yeah. Uh, but there was not a lot of news this week, which is such a welcome change. <laughs> like nobody died. Nobody had like year long injuries. Nobody like this is I have two things written down. And one of them was from this evening where antonio gibson has turf toe i believe it was he's complaining about a toe injury and that's usually all either it's a broken toe or turf toe Mm -hmm. which sucks by the way i have many teams counting on him um and dj moore and curtis samuel popped up on the covid list yeah okay so first of all this makes me annoyed about the two shares of robbie anderson i traded away two weeks ago um but i want to ask you about antonio gibson at first for not at first, but first in general. Uh, uh, words, words. What's his name? Ryan McDowell. Well, that's a name to forget. Sorry, boss. Um, <laughs> uh, tweet. I, I love that he tweets out as because they're doing the December mocks right now for the DLF ADP, DLF Family Podcast, more synergy. Um, and he tweets out as I think they do four to six mocks and as a round is full, like, you know, as they get the actual info, he tweets them out. Antonio Gibson's in the second round of startups. Yeah. Now, I know we just got done. So is Justin Jefferson, by the way. Uh, I know we just got done talking about recency bias. Yeah. Are you that? Are you are you in on Antonio Gibson? Not fully. I mean, J.D. McKissick has just been way too involved for me to, you know, to really get behind the Antonio Gibson thing. It, it, you know, I in those first couple rounds, I mean, first of all, to me, we really shouldn't be, and and again, I you know I play superflex, superflex dude. So you know, so it's a totally different market, anyways. Where where I'm running the superflex uh, ADP mock drafts right now, and uh, I mean it's heavy quarterback as it should be, um, but the the running backs who are making it in, and you know this is how it should be to me. If you're really going to invest in a running back that early, make sure it's a guy who's, who, I mean, who's got like bell cow type of ability, you know, the, a, a bell cow type of role. Um, it, You know, it's, it's gotta be somebody who, you know, even if they're stacking the box, he's still going to get the points out of the passing game. Um, to like, to me, that's the only way to mitigate the risk of a freaking running back. I hate running backs. I hate running back. We agree <laughs> on too much apparently. I know, I know. Do you know why I hate them? Do you do you know why I hate running backs? Is it because they get tenderized like meat as they run through the line every single That's time? It. That's I think it. I'm gonna forget that. <laughs> Just bringing out all the old catchphrases oh, from the, from the FF statistics days. Oh, yeah, man, I loved it. <laughs> That's exactly it, though. And and you know the fact that. Antonio Gibson gets pulled off the field on passing downs that 
I mean, she shouldn't need to. That's the thing. Like, he, yeah. at, he was a wide receiver. He can catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like that, that should be his role. <laughs> like, yeah. but it, it it doesn't make sense. And you know, it's it's never anything for me anyway. It's never anything against their actual skill set. It's never anything against their actual talent. Their talent honestly doesn't matter at the running back position. Like it's 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 just it's all about your ability to to stay healthy. That's the entire trick with running yeah. backs. But, you know, their their situation is it is not only relevant, it's crucial. And the situation for Antonio Gibson is not as elite as his ADP would dictate, it sounds like. Yeah, see, that's that's my thing about what I learned with early round draft picks and startups is better safe than sorry or better safe than ceiling. Ooh, I like that Um, (laughs) because like, you know, your first year you get so excited and you draft like Justin Jefferson in the second based off his rookie year or you, I mean, it happened to work out nicely where you take Zeke or Saquon in the first or one Oh fricking one, but like, Hey Brian. Um, (laughs) But like the, to me, the point of like the first four rounds is to not screw up, <laughs> which is yeah. why I love drafting Devonte Adams. <laughs> like that's yep. why I, I I love it. And clearly, of course, you know Michael Thomas can happen. Like nobody's safe. Let's put it that way. But wide receivers are safer. Um, sure. So yeah, Antonio Gibson already up there scares the hell out of me. At the beginning of the season, he was getting workhorse ish usage, but yeah, once Alex Smith came in and he and McKissick were just a thing. He, uh, Gibson's workload starting to scale back. So, oh, that's so early. Yeah, I, I think once the playoffs in the NFL roll around, and once we get past the NFL season, I think the youth will start dropping a little bit again. For the players we know are going to be a little bit steadier, mm-hmm. um, just because, like again, these bright shiny toys are in front of us and scoring points. First of all, there's going to be brand new, sh- uh, brand new bright shiny toys. Like man. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to enter super flex leagues. He'll be a first round. Pick. Yeah. He'll be a startup first. Yeah, yeah. Probably like probably not super hard. Like most leagues, like he'll probably end up in the first, if not super early second. So mm-hmm. like things are definitely to be shifted, but man, well, I don't want to sell Antonio Gibson right now. If someone came to me with anyone with a second round ADP, then I have, unfortunately, I, I mean, I have November and it's one QB pulled up. But let's see. Uh, so let's start. 11 is Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Jacobs, Michael Thomas, Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill, J.K. Dobbins, Calvin Ridley, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, Terry McLaurin. No, I think, okay, besides Joe Mixon, just because his, I, I believe in the player. I know you did too. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like I'm still at players, I would still take above Antonio Gibson. Yeah, uh, Tyre McLaurin, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Kenny Galladay. Oh man, James Robinson did make a nice jump in November. That's good. Cam Akers, Austin. Ek- okay, here's a round though. I'd be taking these wide receivers of Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster. But like this is the area. Oh, and exactly. <laughs> here's Antonio Gibson. Three picks later, like this is like fourth round. I think that's where I think Antonio Gibson belongs. Yeah, that sounds right. In a one QB. Um, yes, yes, that's where I am. 
that's what I'm looking at. Oh yeah, I didn't even then that's probably what twelve to fifteen quarterbacks off the board at least also. Something like that. You hit, like round three ish. So yeah. and that's for well for you that's conservative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's still low, but we're getting Yeah, I, I heard you like the last super flex super super flex super show show, you were talking like taking Matt Ryan at the end of the third, and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I loved Matt Ryan coming into the season, and I still couldn't do that in the third. Yeah. <laughs> like, end of the fourth, I'll start thinking about it, but, oh, man, there's just... Uh. <laughs> I mean, the good news is you won't have to. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the good news. Um, I mean, I, that's that's just kind of my strategy, So, and, yeah. and I, I won't back off of it, but, yeah, the good news is you know, in that range, I'm still looking probably at, at, you know, like maybe Jared Goff falls that far. Aaron Rodgers should probably be there for me. Um, and that's, that's all I need. That's my, that's my safety blanket right there. But we're, uh, we're actually doing, um, so kind of how I, uh, how I tricked people into joining my <laughs> super box <laughs> is, uh, is I said that, you know, once, once we get these going, uh, these, these mocks that, you know, I have to do so that we can create that ADP for dynastyleaguefootball.com, then we'll start a second mock. And in this one, I'm going to include rookie picks. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got one of those going right now. And here's what I can tell. So Antonio Gibson going in the fourth round, 405. Um, that again, it's only one mock. It's a pretty small sample size where ultimately we're going to have four mocks, but I mean, I think he's probably going to stick somewhere in that area and going ahead of Austin Eckler, uh, going ahead of Keenan Allen, going ahead of, yeah, McLaurin, um, Aaron Jones, <laughs> DJ Moore, Jared Goff in a super flex. Um, the thing that's interesting to me though, is he's going right in between rookie pick 104 and rookie pick 105. Oof. That's the one that feels that one that one's tough for me. Like Eckler, Aaron Jones, those guys are slam dunks over Antonio Gibson for me. Even um, not knowing where Anto- or, uh, Aaron Jones is going to be next year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it, I mean, I, it's it's a little hard to imagine him leaving Green Bay with you know what they've what they've got going on offense. But either I'll, I'll way, never, yeah. yeah I'll, again, I, I'm past the point of guessing what NFL teams are going to do because <laughs> they do whatever the hell they feel like. It doesn't matter what the smart move is, right? <laughs> yeah. Or cap is a myth, so I they should keep him whether they do or don't. I have absolutely no idea. But I figure he, I mean, he's playing like he deserves top six, top eight, definitely money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he can walk out and say, I want Dalvin Cook money or anything. Right. But if a team's going to pay him that, he should get a decent workload regardless. So I think him leaving, while I know people don't like it when vets go to a new team, will just probably mean more work than if he stays. I, I feel like, because I feel like usually the team you're staying on gets a I know you don't purposely give teams like hometown discounts, you know, for being on that team and staying there, but I just feel like other teams have to pay you more to make you leave usually, unless yeah. you just hate where you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's especially at running back. What's, what's weird. I think that people kind of confuse running back and wide receiver 
in a lot of different ways. And and that's one of the big things is, you know, when you see a wide receiver go to a different team, you kind of have to really lower your expectations <laughs> yeah. for the next year. Running back is the totally opposite thing. You know, the wide receivers, they give them all the time in the world to, you know, to learn the playbook, to, you know, to build that chemistry with the quarterback and with the offensive coordinator and everything. Um, it, you know, they, they, they give them that leash running back. It's the exact opposite. It's like, man, we're paying a lot of money <laughs> for the last little bit of that. You've gotten a tank. We're, we're running you into the ground. And that's unfortunately the way it should be. Um, yeah. But let's, let's talk about the position we like talking about. Uh, well, not for the right reason, but DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel on the COVID list. I still haven't seen anything about DJ Moore's, what was it, ankle or foot or whatever it was. So I don't even know if he would have been able to play this week, coming week anyway. Right. And being on the COVID list doesn't preclude them from, exclude them from playing. It doesn't mean that they're not playing this coming week, but it's going to make it a little tougher. So they're going to have to pass a couple of tests in a row. I mean, no, again, just like the salary cap, nobody knows the actual COVID <laughs> protocols in the NFL. They make it up as they go along with whatever makes them feel better. Uh, so, man, I hope they play just because otherwise I- I'm screwed in a couple of leagues. But, man, my Robbie Anderson shares will be good. Um, but my my question for you is, how do you feel about this team of wide receivers? And like, how do you feel about the Panthers in general? Uh, my take on this is we have no idea what this offense really looks like because they lost Christian McCaffrey right away and never really got to settle with Teddy as their quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, let's, I mean, we have ADP. Let's, let's pull it up. Let's, where did I say? DJ Moore is wide receiver 12, which I mean, he fell from his wide receiver three, which was just way too damn high before the season started. Mm-hmm. But like, do you believe, like, are, do you still believe that DJ Moore is that bottom end wide receiver one? Or do you think, this offense being what it has looked like, at least that maybe they spread the ball around a little too much and that that needs to drop. And Robbie Anderson probably needs to move up a little bit. I still think he's kind of in that, that low wide receiver one range for me. I mean, I've, I've always been a pretty big DJ Moore fan, but the other thing, and I, I, I know that you've had Jordan McNamara on, on this show as well, but um, yep. one, I, I've had some great conversations with him over on the super show and one of my favorite takeaways is, you know, just just like get the idea out of your mind completely that any wide receiver is going to give you more than, you know, eight, like, you know, top top five, top ten type of weeks in a given season. Mm-hmm. Every now and then someone's going to do it. I mean, DK Metcalf, I think, is probably going to be there more more often than not this year. Uh, Devonte Adams obviously is going to be there. Um, last year was Michael Thomas. Like you know, the, these guys just kind of giving you godlike volume um, and week in and week out production. But for the most part, most wide receivers don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're you're happy to get eight of those you know startable weeks out of them. And, you know, anything beyond that is just kind of bonus. And it really just kind of when you when you if you think about them in those terms and the fact that you're just kind of looking for a mix of wide receivers who are all going to give you those eight games. Hopefully it never happens that they, you know, they're they're eight down games. Hopefully it never happens at the same time. Um, And, you know more than likely at least a few weeks out of the season, you're going to get 
those eight, you know, boom games out of them at the same time. Like you're going to, you're going to get multiple wide receivers giving you wide receiver one numbers in a given week. If that's what we're looking for, I mean, DJ Moore is, is right there with everybody else. Like he's, he can give you eight games just as easily as anybody else. Yep. And it, that's, that's all I really care about. I don't need him to be, I don't, I don't need him to be DK Metcalf. I don't need him to be Devonte Adams. I, I like, I, I get, you know, three, four, whatever wide receivers in my lineup. And if they all have the same type of upside, I don't really need any kind of floor out of any of them. Wow. That's that last part was a little bit of a, a strong statement. <laughs> it is. It like is. I, I was about to say something. I'm like, wait, hmm. <laughs> okay. 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 It is. I mean, we'd, we'd love to have the floor, but I mean, there are very few wide receivers that give that to us. Yeah. I mean, and that's why they're probably the top five, six wide receivers, right? right. Because yeah. they have that ceiling of wide receiver one, but have the floor of like wide receiver, like 15, 16 on the, on their bad weeks, as yep. opposed to DJ Moore, who has, I don't remember if he bageled or not, but he definitely had a couple of two point games this year. Yep. Whew. Yeah, but it's just like who hasn't, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, even DK got shut out the first yeah. time they played the I don't, shut down, not completely shut out uh, against Patrick Peterson the first time they paid, played the Cardinals. So, I mean, yeah. it, it happens to everybody. I mean, probably Devontae Adams is probably the only guy who didn't do it this year. Mm-hmm. Even Nuke had some bleh, games in the past few weeks. Finally, he scored a touchdown this week, which thankfully, maybe I could actually move him in a couple of leagues now. Yeah. You know, the t- I, I did weirdly good this year, which feels super weird. Like I, I was ready for this year just to suck in general. And I made a lot more playoffs than I thought I would. So like I was ready to move Hopkins in a couple of leagues. And I'm like, wait, no, one, two, three, four, five. Like I have to start doing the math in my head to see who makes the playoffs. No, wait, crap. Nice. Yes. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> uh, he was one of my big before season buys because so many people were so down on him because he was on a new team and oh no he's like 28 years old he's so old right so yeah i went on the hopkins buying spree and you know he started to slow down a bit i'm like oh oh, 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 never mind i'm good (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so thankfully there was not a lot of news so now we can jump into our listener questions get get to them and maybe actually spend more than six seconds on trade addicts trades and not just speed through them (laughs) uh okay so this first one is a little bit of a nice segue. Bob Gilchrist at RB Gilchrist. Uh, well, we're going to skip over the first part of his question. Here's a three-part question. So we're just going to go straight to number two because we were just talking about DJ Moore. Who would you prefer, Juju or DJ Moore? I'll take DJ Moore. I know which team he's going to be on next year. Yeah, but at least Juju gets to choose the team he'll be on. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the only real solace I have in that. Like. Most teams least will have, yeah, most teams will have interest in him. And that dude has to make so much money off of advertisements and stuff like that, that I doubt he's going to go to a bad team for an extra $2 million a year. Clearly, mm-hmm. I don't know the man in any way, shape, or form as an actual person, but you, you would think that at least. And especially coming from a team like the Steelers, who are very win-oriented, it would feel weird for him to go and chase money at this point. But yeah, again, I'm completely making assumptions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of the problem is, though, so we never know for sure what is a good situation and what is a bad situation until they're there. That's also true. The other problem is you've got the New England Patriots who collect slot receivers 
They'll <laughs> absolutely be after Juju, and it's going to make a mess. Yeah, but you know there's one part of Juju that doesn't fit in with the rest of the Patriots slot receivers. <laughs> yeah. He's not a coach's son. His, his, speed. Um, <laughs> his athleticism. He's not gritty enough. Yeah. Uh, but uh, DJ Moore is wide receiver 12. Juju is wide receiver 18. Yeah, I think I take, I think I take DJ Moore, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate on anyone taking the other side. Like right yeah. now, if they're just like, no, straight up, I take Juju. Be like, eh, all right. I mean, yeah. I oh, mean, I yeah. like all the I like most of the wide receivers in between them too. Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson. Like, man, I just I love that group of wide receivers. I love wide receivers in general, so yeah, I guess that's I, not really a super surprising thing. Yeah, same. But I'd take all those guys over either one of them right now. Uh, I'm probably not Julio, really, because I think you can get close to production. Mm-hmm. Like Julio's going to score more points, but yeah, I mean like. I traded away Julio on one of my competing teams right before the freaking deadline because there's a freaking deadline, mostly because that hamstring tightness scared me a little bit because mm-hmm. he has, besides the fact that he sometimes misses games, he he has decoy games, which is more dangerous. I'd rather know that I shouldn't start him. Like, right. I didn't start him in two leagues this week because I had reasonable, sub, not submissions, reasonable substitutes uh, because there's always a chance when he's hobbled the game before, he's in that next game just to take people away from Calvin Ridley, but not, and he'll catch two balls for 16 yards. Right. That, that happens every single year. And that scared the hell out of me. So I traded, I traded Julio and a first, a late first for Tyreek Hill, you know, last week. So that worked out well for me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I know you're a Calvin Ridley guy. So what about just, just throwing both of those guys out there, Julio and, and Ridley in that league. That's what I've been doing all season. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually upside, have but, yeah. I have Julio Ridley and Russell Gage on that team. Oh, nice! Well, I used to have I don't have Julio anymore. But yeah, if I really felt like it and like the Falcons had a juicy lineup, a uh, juicy matchup, I could have thrown all three of them in. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I did not. Let me just say I did not do that at all. But I could have <laughs> if I wanted to. That's the important part. Yeah. Okay, so we are taking both taking DJ Moore over Juju, but it's still pretty close. It's close. Uh, how do you value Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, and Mitchell Trubisky going forward? Okay, first let's do this. Do you think any of them start somewhere next year? Um, I think two of the three do actually. I think Mitchell Trubisky. You know which two? Who doesn't? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Darnold's going to find a job. I think Winston's probably going to find a job. There's a lot of teams right now that are pretty unsettled at quarterback. And that's why I'll, I also feel like people are, are bailing on Carson Wentz right now way too early, considering there are so many NFL teams. Like For the Eagles, Carson Wentz is not great because they have another option, another yeah. first-round option that they want to get to. But I can tell you sitting here in Denver, Colorado, that Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos would be a welcome treat. I would love that. Yeah, oh, man, with a, with a healthy court in Sutton. Yes. Oh, make that happen. Uh, I'm gonna, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. My heart's like beating right now. See, like you have a way of getting me worked up, man. I, <laughs> nice. Start talking to you more often. Uh, and I, so I'm going to add that to my list. I've been tr- saying out loud as often as I can, Sam Darnold to the Colts because I, I like want it to happen so bad. It's so now one. I'm going to add Carson Wentz to the Broncos. Yeah, in that, in that same. So I'm going to turn it to Arya Stark at the end of the night, right before I go to sleep. I'm going to say a list of things. Yeah, you know, 
I wonder, I I wonder how this one's going to hit you then. So my, my theory is Matt Ryan reunites with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Yeah. I've, I've thought of that for a while. I have a friend that's a 49er fan. So we've been, I've been talking about that. We used to say Darnold to the Niners, but that doesn't fit nearly as well. And then Matt Ryan is just like, well, we know he could do it and they're going to rebuild. At least they should, you know, I doubt. Man, hopefully he doesn't retire. But like, like me, I don't know if he'll want to go somewhere else or if they'll just let him ride it out, even though he'll be on a bad team. Oh mm-hmm. man, like that, that's Megatron. Like he'll, you know, he's already thirty-one. He's older than Megatron for when Megatron retired. Okay, yeah. but like, I just don't want Julio to leave. He's too good, and like the NFL is better for having Julio in it. But yeah, yeah. Like, they could easily just go into full rebuild because that team is not good. I mean, they're playing. Their defense is playing pretty well lately. But besides the point, people well, usually and- do well for interim head coaches anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, I, and it's it's still. I mean, they're they're the defense is playing exceptionally well for Raheem Morris right now. If if you know whether he gets that head coaching job or not, I I don't think that the defense keeps it up. So so the way that you win games if you're Atlanta, and they've been trying to do this for several years, and and Matt Ryan just isn't quite that guy. He's a little bit more of a game manager and you've got explosive weapons all over the place for him. So what about Jameis Winston to Atlanta? Oh, oh my God. Jameis Winston with Ridley and Julio. Right. And I can't stand Jameis Winston. I hate the interceptions. I hate the bad decisions, but, but I mean, you just cannot deny what that would do for those, for those wide receivers. Wow. Whew. Okay. We need to move on before I just sort of lose <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, Trubisky is absolutely going to be backing someone up somewhere next yep. year. Uh, so if you had to rank the three in dynasty value, what would your order be? From the way you're saying it, I'm guessing it's Winston, Darnold, Trubisky. Uh, yeah, I think I think Winston is the most likely to get a starting shot somewhere next year. So yeah, we'll go with him um, and then Darnold, then Trubisky. Yeah, I have Darnold on a team where someone was trying to get him off of me, and they were just refusing to pay first for Darnold. And I'm like, nope. And I'm just going to, no thanks. Yeah. Because the dude's like 21 years old still. So, (laughs) and he's shown that he can be good. And let's face it, everyone's better once Adam Gase leaves. So I think he'll get a chance somewhere, even if he has to be a backup for a year. Mm -hmm. He's still so young. He'll, I really think he'll get a chance. So don't throw him off your rosters. Like, I, I say he's, He's a massive hold on, or if someone is willing to sell for less than a first, I would probably start buying. Oh, yeah. uh, Bob also asked about James Robinson, but I'm really just kind of super tired of talking about James Robinson at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Good. Let's, on. <laughs> yeah. What it comes down to is you have to hope the Jaguars are not stupid. And I don't right. know how I feel about that because if they're smart, they don't spend draft capital or money capital on salary cap capital, whatever you want to say on a running back. If they're smart, they don't do that in which case james robinson is going to be fine if they're smart they draft a running back in the fifth to back him up mm-hmm. you know just so he doesn't have to take 99 percent of the rushes yeah but that's that's enough we're going to move on to nick martinez at nick martinez br what's up ta3 who what has been the biggest surprise to you this season good or bad ah back to james robinson huh <laughs> right okay so i did a dynasty game night last week where i sent out a Google Forms, like a, a survey, and one yeah. of for Family Feud game, and one of them, what was your the best surprise in fantasy football this year? And 
I deleted the numbers as we were going along. So I don't remember how many people said how many, but out of, I think it was like 80 people, 44 said James Robinson. So wow. like that's that the answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, James. Okay. So here's, here they are in number order, but I don't, I didn't write down the numbers. James Robinson, Justin Herbert, Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, Keenan Allen, Nelson Aguilar, Stefan Diggs. Those were what people considered to be. Now, again, I was very vague on purpose just because it's more fun to mess with John, with John Bosch because he <laughs> thinks so into things. And I'm like, no, all I said was this. He's like, how am I supposed to answer that? And I'm like, that's not you, man. You figure it out. So all I said was best fantasy football surprise. And those were the players people came up with. Chase Claypool's a really good one, too, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, the yeah. only one I'm like not the only one that doesn't belong on there to me is Keenan Allen. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure why that's a surprise, especially. I mean, if we already acknowledge Justin Herbert, like that, that kind of cancels yeah, out. Good. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So that's right. the only one. Everyone else on there is absolutely like nobody. I I liked Robbie. I've always liked Robbie Anderson. I was when he was on the Jets. When he and Sam Darnold were healthy at the same time, he was more than just a deep threat. Robbie Anderson constantly went for seven for one hundred seven. Like he he had volume. He was a, a a, I, words, a number one wide receiver, a wide receiver one, however the hell you want to say it, for the team, not in fantasy football. But like mm-hmm. he played X receiver. He didn't just play the deep threat. And I didn't see this coming at all, mostly because I was a huge DJ Moore guy coming in, and especially with Teddy Bridgewater, who is kind of meh, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a quarterback in general. So, yeah, I've, I'm all on board with all of these answers except for Keenan Allen. What about negative surprise? What's your what's your best non-injury? It's funny because I did my fantasy bust had the parentheses of non-injury because I knew everyone's gonna be like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and I'm like, that's not yeah. really a bust. That's just getting hurt, right? All right. Let's see. Negative surprise. Um, Lamar Jackson regressed a little too much for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's ultimately it for me too. It just like it it it's. I don't know. It, 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 there, we were expecting some regression. Most of us were <laughs> expecting Our some people regression. people were, right? Like, if you thought about it, you you, you expected it. But yeah. yeah, like that. And the thing is, like, he's, from a point total, not doing that bad. He's still putting up, like, 22 points a game, and that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people doing better, and the fact that he was doing, like, 40 points a game last year. I mean, so it unexpected, unreachable expectations filled with the bar raising in general for what a good score is both went against Lamar Jackson, which is why I think people, he was on the bust list as well. And it's weird. He was actually number one with 15 people out of, again, about 80 something. And I I don't think I call him a bust unless you're taking price into account, in which case, yes, you drafted him way too early for him to be putting up this kind of points, but you also shouldn't have drafted him number two overall, but that's besides the point. Um, Man, do you have anybody else you could think of? Uh, not, not really. Um, because I mean, you know, I I think a lot of people would say Ezekiel Elliott. I feel like yeah. that one's been coming for several years now. Yeah, not this fast. Like, do, do running backs go, like they usually do they fade or do they go off cliffs? Like, I know quarterbacks just cliff, but I feel like running backs you at least usually see it play-wise coming a little bit like we haven't really seen this in Zeke's play maybe his attitude but not his play or is that really the problem in general yeah I don't know um I mean it feels like a lot of them 
drop off a cliff. And, and you know, in fairness to him, it that's not exactly what's happening here. He he kind of is fading, which yeah. you know, that's that's more than we yeah. can ask for. <laughs> and the offense is fading also without Dak there. So I guess yeah. a lot of stuff is going on. Oh, you know who else I have? Hallmark Brown. Um, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but Scott Sidlow came up with the beautiful new nickname for Hollywood Brown because he doesn't deserve Hollywood anymore. <laughs> so, like Hallmark Channel, he's Hallmark Brown. Nice. And the thing is, like, he came in like week through week three, and he only had like one good game at the beginning of the year. But I remember watching him play; he looked like the real thing. Yeah, and then he just disappeared off the face right. of the earth. So that yeah. to me was pretty disappointing because I bought in pretty hard at the beginning of the season and that <laughs> left me holding the bag in a lot of leagues. Yeah. That one though, like it, it feels like that's, th- there's a lot of that that's on Lamar Jackson. So it, so I guess it, the answer is still Lamar Jackson, but um, yeah. Uh, Brown kind of suffered like is a, he's a, he's, he's a bystander. Yeah, right. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Oh, we're going to put two together because they're both Packers questions. At Shane is the worst and at the Casey Kasem want to know. Well, I think Shane is just joking to mess with you a little bit, but <laughs> should I sell high on Aaron Rodgers? And then it. He goes, Casey goes into, let's say it's tight end premium. What do you value Robert Tunyon at? Do you think this is just a season? Uh, do you think this season is just a fluke or do you think he can continue to be a dominant tight end in the future? And I put those together because like we were just talking before with Lamar and Hallmark, these two are just tied together. Rogers doing as well as he is. And maybe they're not being a strong number two wide receiver there comes into play. So like those two things to me are connected. First of all, I mean, Rogers comes. Okay. Let's start at this. Do you think Rogers does this again next year? Do you think there's any, anything that should or would will any of those words change that will make Aaron Rodgers not be able to do this again next year I mean if they uh, if they lose Aaron Jones I you know I think that that could hurt a little bit Um, having that credible running game is it it certainly opens things up for the passing game but nah I I I mean I I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to to keep this up I mean it's it's really kind of he's he's never really been you know, strongly reliant on things like his mobility other than, you know, escapability, move the pocket, um, you know, extend the play. Uh, It's, it's never been a whole lot of like go like actually going out and running the ball. So that's, you know, that's not something that's really going to fall off and he's never had a super strong arm. So, you know, the, the two things that, you know, that, that really kind of, drop off with age i mean they were never there to begin with so (laughs) (laughs) so you know i don't i don't know why not you know we've we're seeing tom brady play into his 40s and drew Brees play into his 40s and you know there's been a little bit of a decline for those guys in their late 30s and 40s but man like I, i i aaron Rodgers was always you know, he, he's, he's starting from a little bit higher plateau than those guys were at anyways. So, yeah. 
I don't know. I like, I, I just, I, I know that I'm biased. I get it. I get that it pisses people off, but <laughs> I mean, the reality is like, we thought he was washed at 36. Well, I, n- not we people thought people thought and people said that he was washed at 36. He clearly wasn't. And you know, so like, what does it look like when Aaron Rodgers is washed? I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll find out someday, but I don't think it's anytime soon. Yeah, and he also has the, the smart enough intellect to be a game manager if he even had to. So, you know, yeah. so that uh, he will fade more gently than some other quarterbacks. But right now, Aaron Rodgers is QB six in points per game. Well, he has one game in single digits, but he still has twenty six point seven points per game. And Dak Prescott is number one in points per game. So <laughs> 31.6. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Making that a flawed metric. Yes, pretty much. Uh, and I'm far too lazy to do this manually to give a minimum at this point of like eight-ish <laughs> games because that would take Dak out of it. But even still, that I mean, that would move him to five. And put him only two and a half points behind Patrick Mahomes, who's number two. Yep. So that's... Yeah. Congratulations, John. You were right. Aaron Rodgers is awesome. Um, so let's let's move the question to Tunyon. Yeah, because it's not Tanyan, it's Tunyon. We're trying with Funyan. <laughs> is Chase the more important question? Is Jace Sternberger going to be a thing? Uh, because it seems like every game, while it's not the same player, it seems like there is a wide receiver too that gets targets and gets even gets catches these days. Like it's either Lazard or. MVS who gets a bunch like he'll probably get like six to eight targets a game whatever that turns to catches is something different but Tunyon still gets his game it gets like this is what we've been waiting for for 15 years so we're like we can stop saying for Michael fin- Finley finally yeah. <laughs> like now we have so is this the guy we've been waiting for in Green Bay do you think yeah yeah I yeah I do um Sternberger the, yeah there's not really a path for him but you know so and it's funny because Somehow, I, and I'm sure it's just draft capital, but Tunyon just kind of never had the same type of, of you know, of fanfare and of, of hype that other guys with very similar athletic profiles, very similar pedigrees have, you know. I, this is this is one of my favorite things, and I, I, and I think that this will be meaningful for you as well because we're both very narrative-driven fantasy analysts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all I, here's all I need to know in the off season, it, sorry, in the non-point scoring season, I caught, I, 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 I still get that wrong. Even when we're recording, man, shame on me. You got it once wrong before and I let it slide. And... <laughs> yeah. In the non-point scoring season going into this season, when, you know, there, there was, uh, not a whole lot of team contact allowed due to the pandemic, and these these players were kind of grouping up and and you know working on um you know just just kind of working on stuff together. Well, you got this group of Iowa tight ends that got together. It's George Kittle, it was T.J. Hawkinson, and it was freaking Robert Tunyon. Like <laughs> these guys are they're all very similar athletically. They all come from the same school, the same background. And, and they're all working out together. Like iron sharpens iron. It, you're, you're, you're telling me this guy's learning yeah. how to run routes and, and, you know, uh, how to, how to, 
you know, uh, how to work the seam and everything though, from George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson, like sign me up for that. If, if we already have a hard yeah. enough time figuring out the tight ends. So, you know, if, if, if that's something that I can kind of cling to kind of grasp onto, then I, then I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, so again, November ADP, this is absolutely, I have to imagine will be different in December, but Tunyon is tight end 24. <sighs> that's nuts. So I'm just going to start at tight end 11 and go down to 24. And you tell me if there's any of these guys you, at this point, would take over Tunyon. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, Mike Gusecki, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Gronk, OJ Howard, Blake Jarwin, Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Harrison Bryant, Eric Ebron. Man, <laughs> I don't I don't believe I would. Zach Ertz is, is tough. Um, I'm ready to give up hurts. I got to be honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in, you know, where does he end up next year? And even, you know, he's probably not going to be an Eagle and now he's got to learn a whole new system, whole new playbook. It, it, which takes time and he doesn't have a whole lot of that at 29 years old, 30 years old, whatever he is. So 30. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Guys, I would consider Kasiki. Um, I love the idea of Irv Smith Jr., mm-hmm. but I still think at this point, since Tunyon is doing it already, I would put Tunyon above Irv. Yeah, the guy who piqued That's my it. interest is Hayden Hurst, and I, and I still can't get there yet. But man, like that that one's tempting for me. He's doing okay this year that team is falling apart and that's the big problem right you know in general that's the only reason i would say uh, hayden hurst is probably a guy you can trade for cheaply at any time you really want to yeah tunyon is going to get harder to buy if next year he's still doing this he's going to be a top eight tight end like that's just the way it is if you're young which tunyon is you're on a good offense which tunyon is and you're scoring points which tunyon is yeah, there, there aren't more than eight guys that do that. So like that, that's going to pole vault him up there. Um, I am in a league right now where I was told I could get Tunyon for a second. Of course, I don't have a second on that team. So I'm going to start once I have to wait for frickin' Wednesday. I'm going to start scrambling to get a second or find someone I can get to get Tunyon on that team because that's tight ends my weak spot. <laughs> uh, but man, all day and, and especially in the tight. No, in the trade addicts leagues, which are the 1.75 tight end premium, mm-hmm. second for who I think will probably be a top eight, top ten tight end next year. Pretty oh, yeah. easily. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean Rogers is throwing three, four touchdowns a game, you know, pretty consistently. I think he's fallen short of that twice, something like that all season. I mean, it, from there it just becomes pretty fundamental math, you know. Like yep. the, the Robert Tunyon is is the second most likely guy to get one of those. Yeah. And they're, they're available to him every single game. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, it's a tight end. We don't just, who knows what the hell happens with tight end. So we're not going to really spend too long on this. Plus, I like this question. Dill at Dynasty Loser 420. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You're not a loser. Um, <laughs> now that the, now that, wow, I should really read these beforehand, like, so I could actually read them out loud now that most leagues have an idea on draft order what do you typically do if you have a bunch of rookie picks 
50-50 between drafting versus trading, trade most picks. Um, he's doing his first rebuild, so he's curious on what, what works for us guys. Now, mm-hmm. I'll go first because he said it right away. Usually about 50-50. Um, really? Yeah, I will never claim to be good at most things. <laughs> and I don't watch college football. I do my best to trust people who know this stuff. Like I listen to Zach Reed. I listen to Peter Howard's uh, number stuff. I listen to Kay and Fassell and uh, Ray Garvin and all of that stuff. But even then, you know, no one's right all the time. But you know mm-hmm. what? You know what I do know? That Robert Tunyon is going to be better than any second round pick. I probably can shoot <laughs> myself right now. You know what I know? That I've seen. I mean, this is a bad example because he's turning 29, which means he's old. I've seen Robert Woods be a low-end wide receiver one over and over again. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I send a late first for that? I like I even if you're rebuilding, which don't feel like you need to only rebuild through draft picks because A, it will take forever, and B, you will have to hit a lot more than you miss. And let's face it not gonna happen so many things miss Um, it doesn't really work right either you know because people try and draft like they'll try and get some some in a super flex they'll try and get some quarterbacks and wide receivers mixed in with their running backs and it's like that lineup is just disjointed as hell like you're still rebuilding if that's what you're trying to do yeah the only reason i draft all of those players all those picks is if i didn't get any good trade uh, trade offers and mm-hmm. i know that i'm going to draft these guys and get an offer sooner or later to be able to trade them anyway uh yeah. but i would love let's say i have six first round picks i would love to go into the draft with it like an early a middle and a late or depending on the draft like this year I want, I want as you know, as many early as possible because there's going to be some really good quarterbacks. But let's say I didn't really have the choice of having two top three picks. I want one early, two late. I'll sell the middles for, you know, whatever solid young player I can get. If I can trade the, eh, I'm trying to think of like a good example because the problem is young good players are doing too well right now. Like you can't go get Justin Jefferson for a first. If I can get T. Higgins for one of those middle firsts, I'm doing that all day because he's crazy young. He's on a very good offense that we like already, and we've seen him do it already. Mm-hmm. And you're not missing out on much age difference right there. I don't know off the top of my head how old he is, but I know he's he didn't come into the league at like 24, 25. So what's the difference if you have a 23-year-old instead of a 22-year-old? Not much. Right. I, I, so that small of an age difference doesn't matter at all in a rebuild. So... I I am more willing to pay the price for a player after I've seen them do it than I am to risk making the pick. I think that's the best way I can really put it because you sort of screw up less <laughs> that way. Like, yeah, you have to pay more. Yeah, I didn't get to draft. I'm trying to think of, you know, like maybe because I did draft a lot of Nick Chubb and stuff like that. Like maybe I didn't draft a lot. I'm just going to say Justin Jefferson for the hell of it because he's a random player who did really well. Like, yeah, I didn't get to get Justin Jefferson for the 110 too often. But if I pay the 105, 102 right now, that's still not that bad of a price. But I've seen this guy do it. There's much less chance of that guy busting because we've seen what he could do in the NFL already. Mm-hmm. Is it guaranteed he's going to keep doing this? Absolutely not. But I have to believe that your percentage of 
not screwing up gets better. I, I couldn't find the right way to word that. <laughs> uh, like, like the bust rate goes down because yeah. we've seen it happen already. So I, I don't, unless you're J Mike in TA six, when you have, when you pull the full J Mike, <laughs> if um, you get the whole draft then. and you go, man, you draft that entire first <laughs> round just because you effing earned that. Yeah. <laughs> But otherwise, like I've had a couple of rebuilds where I've had five or six. I've never drafted more than three. So I'm absolutely close to a half and half kind of guy. Yeah, I'm I'm a little closer to sell them all. But uh, I will say um, Katie Flower, Debbie Diva from Under the Helmet, um, she said something very profound to me that I've that I've kind of started to cling to, even though I. I hate running back. Like part of why I hate running backs is because you really have one shot to get them and it's in the rookie draft. She said that yep. if you don't get the running back in the rookie draft, you missed on him, you know, just, just let it go because most of the time after the rookie draft, they just, their, their value just kind of inflates way beyond where they went in that rookie draft. And you know, that was your one chance to get them at a reasonable price. So, you know, yep. it's, and, and, you know, on top of all that, like, like, like I said, it, it's a disjointed roster when you've got rookie running backs with rookie wide receivers and rookie quarterbacks, because the quarterbacks and wide receivers usually take a year or so before they kind of get to a point in, in, and it's across the board. I promise you it's across the board. People are going to point to Chase Claypool and Justin Jefferson. And, and I'm, you, you have not known when to start those guys other than, you know, like a four or five game window. That's not good enough. <laughs> Wide receiver. We want to know that we can start these guys every single week. And there's at least a chance that they're going to give us wide receiver one numbers. We don't have to get those points, but we have to know that there's a possibility. And you never know that with a rookie wide receiver. So, And even, and I'm going to point out right now, even with Justin Jefferson, we don't know that right now. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, especially with Thielen there, and if that run game gets going, you know, Kirk Cousins can throw eight passes in a game. We don't know that. So, because I, I, I know everyone's screaming at their whatever they're listening to on right now. Like I used to be able to say radios, but that word, like people don't know what that word is anymore. Um, and no one drives anymore. So it's not like you're in your car before you're screaming at your phones or your computers or whatever it is. I mean, Justin Jefferson, like he's very good. Don't get me wrong. And he's awesome and he will be awesome. But yep. like, would you feel safe with him being your wide receiver one on your team right now? I know we're drafting him as that is in, in dynasty, apparently, but just mm-hmm. because he's the first wide receiver you draft doesn't mean he's, your wide receiver one on your team. All right. I it, Sorry. N- no, it. I mean, that's true. And it's a really good point. And if he is your wide receiver one right now, then you're not playing for anything because yes. up until what, two weeks ago, he was, he was barely even startable. Like he wasn't even on the field. So, you know, to, you know, you're, you weren't contending. You were, you were waiting on him. You were just you were doing the same thing that the Minnesota Vikings were doing. You were wait you were waiting on him to understand the playbook and to get Kirk Cousins' attention. Like that's that's what we've been waiting on all season. And that's every rookie wide receiver. Like since the dawn of time. That's the way this stuff goes. Um they just don't start producing consistently as rookies. 
It just doesn't happen. So, you know, but where the rookie running backs before, you know, this year is a little bit of of an exception. But for the most part, the rookie running backs, they take off right out of the gate. They start producing it at as about as high a level as they ever will. And then you get probably three or four more seasons out of them. So you spend that whole time getting all that production out of the rookie running backs while you're waiting on a rookie wide receivers, you know? So, um, so if you're in a rebuild, you know, putting those rookie running backs on there uh, on your roster, that doesn't, it, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good because you're still rebuilding the rest of that roster. Quarterbacks do the same thing, by the way. Um, Justin Herbert looks like an exception to that. And we get the Kyler Murray was somewhat as well, but I mean, it, it's still, you, you really kind of have to plan on the quarterbacks not being ready for you as rookies either. So, but also we have seen many either quarterbacks like, I mean, even Justin Herbert the past two weeks, well, this week, last week he still put up fantasy points he didn't look very good the past two weeks Kyler Murray scored most of his points on the grounds last year like Mm -hmm. and a lot of quarterbacks I mean they also the second year slump is a thing I mean lately we've been trying to figure out who the next you know Mahomes is second year Lamar his second year now Kyler is second year like maybe that does happen but within their first two years you're not feeling solid with them as your quarterback one like i have to feel and again we're talking about three guys who are the exception to the rule you know these guys who are doing that good and plus now we look at what lamar is right now you know so it mm-hmm. you know it's, it's funny i haven't said in a while but you know like the hogue method where it's like you do need these guys at the right time in the right place to catch the fire of everyone maybe not necessarily in their prime but at a point where you can count on them to be what that you need them to be mm-hmm. like yeah maybe we missed out on lamar jackson's best season ever which man I, I mean i feel like it's safe to say we did just because that was unreal but like that's not to say in two years when he has his feet underneath him as a passer in the nfl he can't raise the floor he has right now like mm-hmm. yeah he's getting 22 points per game per points per game and we think he's a bust he raises that to 24 and which is just two freaking points a game mm-hmm. and he's a top five quarterback and we think he's awesome again. So like, there's like, you're right. Like everyone's going to be excited about the points they see in front of them now and think it's the long term. except the problem is there are waves. Like there aren't waves for, I mean, for the past 10 years, there weren't really were waves in Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger, except, you know, the one game Ben Roethlisberger misses because he broke his ankle and fixed it in one week because that's only, no matter what happens to him, he misses one game and that's it. Like there, like it, it's, you usually, you can win championships by catching that lightning in a bottle, but it's not something you can, can count on. And that's really to put words in your mouth and you can clearly fix me what I'm saying if I'm wrong, but that's really what you're talking about mm-hmm. because getting lucky and winning is great, but building a dynasty, building a team that you believe should win and is built to win is different. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> that, right. Yeah, yeah, right. But do you feel great when you, you know, yeah. win two out of three years and make the playoffs the other year anyway? Like yep. that, that, that's building a team. That's building a dynasty. That's the point of it. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's one more question I want to get to. 
Sure. Um, and we've been going on, man. Remember I said we'd have time to go through the trades and we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes already. Um, we have a Disney music question, which I'm going to save next week. Hopefully that Har will be here for. Um, so the um, last question I want, are you a Disney guy? Do you want to talk oh, some Disney? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't have kids, but yeah, I'm, oh, I was a Disney guy before. Huge, I okay. Huge. Then never mind. Sorry, hard. This is happening. Noah Schultz at Schultz N26, not football related, but is go the distance, the best Disney song hint. The answer is yes. Now my kids have been super on board with Hercules lately. So I've been listening to that song a lot and easily the best song in the movie because there are strong. Well, that's a lie. The muses are, and like that, that song is great, but man, can you really call go the, like, can that really be the best Disney song? And then I'm like, okay, maybe it's like the best montage song. Like go the distance was the transformation of the movie. Like he went from skinny teenager to hero, but I'm like really better than be a man from Mulan. Oh wait, Hakuna Matata. Never mind. Like, like I'm trying to find a category to put go the distance in. And I can't do it. I it's a great song. I love the movie Hercules, horribly underrated, just because it doesn't have, doesn't have the fanfare of, of all those other movies, and because of the laughable thing of making Zeus a family man, where you know he slept with everybody, <laughs> like that, that. You know, that's the real reason. You know, Herc is who he was. But uh, yeah, like I couldn't do it. And then I stopped to think, what is? Do you have a favorite Disney song? Let me ask you that question. Well, so, and, and here's the thing for me, uh, maybe this is the category, in fact, because Hercules, like as good as that song is, I don't love the overall soundtrack of Hercules, yeah. um, you know, by Disney standards, it, you know, which, which is a pretty high bar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on it or anything, <laughs> It, like in turn, like when you when you put it up against entire soundtracks of every other Disney movie, it's lower third, you know. Yeah. And 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 I think that that makes go the distance um, that much better. The fact that it really kind of props up that entire soundtrack. Like it's the standout song on a yeah. weak soundtrack. Yeah. And it is just. I mean, it is a good. It is a really good song. Don't get me. Yeah. But like. And then I just I stopped to think of the fact like I don't know how I would ever be able to name a favorite Disney song. It like, is there are just tough. so many good ones for different moods for different reasons. And like I said, like there's different purposes for different songs that like I just there's no way in the world like would you really put Go the Distance in the same realm as anything from The Little Mermaid? Right. Like yeah. man, even Kiss the Girl, which is smooth and relaxing and not that upbeat song it doesn't matter that's it's still so damn good like, yeah like it's re- and the thing is like the same two people wrote every single soundtrack for every disney movie so i mean like we're we're just like comparing the same guy's work like you know <laughs> alan menken just like created our childhoods and i, I yeah. feel so bad i'm blanking on the other guy's name um howard something i think which damn um and now lynn manuel miranda who oh my god freaking uh, Milan is so good yeah and we can we can talk about Hamilton for a third week in a row if you want. Like that was just so freaking good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. and I feel like he had a lot of good arguments. Like he was actually talking at a musical level on how it's the best and how, you know, when Hercules comes in and harmonizes like the song at the end, it's just it really is. It's very very good. But it's just like I can guarantee if you walk down the street and start asking people name your top ten favorite Disney songs. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it ends up on more than 20%. Like, yeah. if you're lucky. Like, and that's, 
that's the thing. I I think that a lot of people's process starts with, you know, favorite movie. Yeah, and and complete soundtrack. And I mean, I also have a little bit of recency bias. I'll I'll admit that. But to me, Frozen Two is probably the best overall soundtrack of any Disney movie. It's the only yeah. problem I have with that is the the panic at the disco version of yeah. Into the Unknown just destroys the movie version. I know. It's just so good. And like, oh my God, Brandon Yuri's voice is just disgusting. Like I even read an in okay, yeah, because this is I guess this is what people come to listen to. I read an interview with Adina Menzel when they actually asked about Brandon Yuri singing. She's like, here's the problem with Brandon singing that song. My version, I prepped. I drank my tea. I warmed up. No, today's <laughs> not a good day. I'll come back tomorrow. I prepped. Yeah. I drank my tea. Let's do this. I bet you Brandon just walked in off the street, chugged a beer and sang that. And that's how good it sounded. And I'm like, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's just so damn good. But yeah. yeah. And I mean, we can go back to the argument about which music is better, Frozen 1 or Frozen 2. It's so different because to me, Frozen 1 is a karaoke right. soundtrack. But the music and songs of Frozen 2 are just better. Like they're just yeah. better quality. Better, better, better lyrically, better instrumentally. And better and, for the actual movie itself. Right. Like yeah. it, it, it was more of a musical as opposed to a song with music, with a, a movie with songs in it. Yeah. Which one kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. And so my favorite and what I, what I've been wrestling with all day is, is this just favorite of the moment or is this going to, is this one going to have legs? I'm I'm not totally sure on that that part yet, but uh Lost in the Woods to me is the best song on the best soundtrack and <laughs> I mean I think it, would you like it as much if it didn't have the amazing 80s montage video? No. <laughs> that that is the whole I thing. Was like, dying they, in the theater. Oh my god, it was so good. They even had the yeah, like the floating the floating reindeer heads and stuff yeah. like the like queen yeah it was just uh that that definitely helped it a lot um and then you know weezer's version of it also awesome yes Um, so yeah there there was there was a lot of layers to it but i mean like you just don't really get to hear um uh christoph sing very much in either of the two movies uh, like other than you know just kind of either he's harmonizing for one of the girls or he's, uh, you know, or or he's singing in um, Sven's voice. Or yeah, he's got like reindeer is better than people, which is a twelve-second yeah. song where he sings a duet with him and uh, Sven. Yeah, which good song. <laughs> you know, for, or you can go listen to the original soundtrack of Hamilton, where Jonathan Groff plays King George. And you get yeah. him there you go. Yeah, tying it back together. That's what we yep. do. exactly (laughs) everything comes back to hamilton (laughs) (laughs) does now Ooh, okay so we actually have a question in the chat that's very important nick martinez asks why doesn't superflex city have a patron account oh man uh that is a good question um and uh, a kind of tough one to answer other than um i have never been convinced that the uh the content in Superflex City is worth paying for. <laughs> I don't know why anyone listens to my show in the first place. So I mean, <laughs> I, if you build it, they will come. I guess that's the only thing I could say. 
Yeah, it's probably true. I, I, I mean, I'll like all jokes aside, I guess part of the other thing I've always been kind of hesitant to do is just kind of follow the beaten path ahead of me. I mean, you, you, I, you had know better than, you. I had to yeah, bug you. Merch. I wanted to make a t-shirt just so I can have one and you still yeah. gave me a hard time about it. Yeah. I, yeah, it was, it, it was like pulling teeth just to get me to do that much. Yep. So, yeah, that's, I, and I kind of went into this just feeling like, man, I want to do this different. You know, I want to, I, I want to just find different ways to whatever it is that I'm going to do. I, I just want to find different ways to get there. Okay. Well, we won't harp on that, but we have been going for an hour and 20 minutes, even though I said that we were going to go long and not have to speed through trades, but let's speed through some trade addicts trades and get, and get out of here. Uh, trade addicts leagues, 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception. I almost made it and 0.05 <laughs> points for return yardage. Oh man. So I had fun in TA three this week. <laughs> you uh, did it? I did a couple. So here. My first trade, I got very angry at Josh Jacobs. So I sent Josh Jacobs and a 22 third for Neheim Hines, Mike Evans, and an early second. Man, that's pretty balanced for me. I don't know if I could pick a side on that one. I mean, I think I've, I, I to stay on brand, I probably go better go with Mike Evans. But uh, the only reason I felt safe with this is if you, like, he's actually been getting his targets back the past four weeks yeah and going into the playoffs where they have a good schedule it just felt safe to me and i hate running backs and josh jacobs so i don't remember what i spent for him but it was far too much so i feel really good getting that back it's really good and heinz seems to be a safe 12 to 15 points and that's all i care about out of running backs Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he's kind of eckler in the in the chargers offense you know with melvin gordon yeah pretty much right um and I'm then, awfully strong. The real reason I had, even though I'm competing, I got that second thrown in because then I traded Travis Fulgham and an early second for Jarvis Landry and a late third. Yeah, Landry pretty easily. Um, Landry alone, I think. I Like Travis Fulgham is all of a sudden just kind of nothing. <laughs> I think it was a throw-in player to balance like so no one had to drop anybody. I mean, let's be honest. That's really what that was. Yeah. But, I mean, Landry for an early second to me is – on par like right that, that's pretty much why it probably what it should cost to get him i don't think you're getting a first for landry anymore um, yeah it, you you won't you should but you won't the market yeah, is exactly market second round and especially where i got him from a team who is i don't remember if he's rebuilding or if he just started the rebuild but to him the early second was more valuable than a guy who's scoring points so that's why i knew i went right after <laughs> you know the second I, I the second i got that second i knew exactly where i was going yeah. Uh, so I felt pretty fair, really. Yeah, I. That's why trade. It doesn't matter about trade deadlines or anything because fair trades are going to happen regardless of when they happen. If not, it's a it's a it's a GM problem, not a trade deadline problem. But yeah. we're not getting into it. Uh, <laughs> the next trade was not me. Those were those. That was my fun. Oh, I also traded a third for Devonte Booker just in case before the Josh Jacobs deal happened, but that didn't really seem worth talking about. Um. Kenyon Drake and Tyler Lockett for Van Jefferson, Michael Pittman, and an early second. Um, man, I hate Kenyon Drake, but I love Tyler Lockett. I hate how much work Kenyon Drake is still getting, even though Chase Edmonds looks better every time he touches the ball. Yeah, he's been the better back for two years now. And they still keep giving Drake all the work. 
I know. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um, but yeah, I love Tyler Lockett. I also love consolidating a wide receiver. You mm-hmm. know, I I don't like having a bunch of wide receivers on my bench. And Van Jefferson feels like he's probably going to be one of those guys. I don't know that he ever becomes a a regular fantasy contributor. So, yeah, you have to you have to hope what happens to make Josh Reynolds a little uh reliable not reliable re- relevant there you go to happen in like two years yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and somehow we got to get either woods or cup out of the way for there to be real really to be a path so honestly van jefferson kind of devalues that side for me um okay but let's if you saw Kenyon drake for michael Pittman, yeah that's pretty spot on right yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah. Regardless of the fact that we would probably both take Pittman because we just have no faith in Drake's existence. But still, mm-hmm. value-wise, I think it's pretty safe. And, I mean, are you getting a first for Lockett right now? Again, uh, you should, but you won't. <laughs> so, an early second plus a little. So, yeah. it's like value-wise, I think it makes perfect sense. It's Yeah, it's even. I don't remember who did this to know if either of them were trying to score points. But if if I was the guy that got Lockett and Drake, I'd be trying to flip Drake pretty quickly. But, you know, you can't right now because it's during the freaking week. <laughs> soon, everyone, soon. Uh, okay, this next one, which I'm a little sad I missed out on. This is still Trade Addicts 3. David Montgomery for a late and a mid-second. Yeah, easily Montgomery. Yeah, because just, just for his schedule for the rest of the year. I don't care what he is next year. His schedule is so cake that yeah. I might try and go buy him anyway. I mean, clearly I'll have to pay more than a late and mid second, but yeah. 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 And you really have to thread the needle by the mid second. Like it's hard to hit with those. Yes. Um, and, but having that two there still makes people feel good about the pick. So my, yeah. <laughs> so late seconds, like feel like they're worth something, but, then, eh. and I don't, man, I don't know about the depth of this rookie draft as compared to last year's. Like, I mean, you got Pittman, well, like maybe middle second, early second, but, but, who was it? The late second, um, at running back, yeah, anywhere. But like at the end of the second this year, like you walked away with Chase Claypool or Antonio Gibson or Brandon, unfortunately, me, Darrington Evans, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, um, AJ Dillon here, yeah. yeah, I have one or two of him too. So yeah, I, uh, but to me, yeah, again, if you're competing, David Montgomery's the way to go. I have to go make some trade offers. I can't tomorrow before I release this. <laughs> I'm so mad at the NFL right now. Um, Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Trade Addict 7. Marvin Jones and a third for a second. That's what you got to do if you have Marvin Jones on your team and you don't want him anymore, right? Just- yep, which that's that's how I felt about Marvin Jones for pretty much his whole career. So, yeah, I'll take a second. All right, let's move on to Trade Addicts 8. We have Will Fuller and a late first for Deontay Johnson. Oh, man. Um... You know what? I'm gonna go with Deontay Johnson. I, I I know, I think that the value is probably on the Fuller side, but Will Fuller is a really hard guy to trust. Um, even if you're gonna give me a a first to mitigate the risk, I still don't feel like it's enough. Especially a late first. Uh, and Fuller is gonna, he's a free agent, mm-hmm. unrestricted free agent, and his suspension will make him miss the first game of next year. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you need to take into account as well. And now he's uh, got that on his record. So the next one is what a season? Like, like yeah. 
they make it up as they go along. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, is was he healthy for twelve games because of these PEDs? Right. You want to say yes, but I mean, who the hell in really COVID knows? here? Yeah. <laughs> Can he stay healthy for this long again on a different in a different situation? Who knows? But in I, I remember this. I was I I don't want to say names or anything because it's not cool to call people out on anything, but. I was trying to go for that first also. Like I was sending some trades to that first just to see what I can do. And he's like, sorry, first is gone already. How about something else? And I'm like, yeah, Aw, but I want, never mind. That's a better deal than I was going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw that go through. And like, again, the trade's not really bad, but I think just, I just, yeah, like Deontay's young. Yeah. So about, no he'll, you know, he'll get, uh, he'll get Juju out of the way and, and, you know, that much more work gets funneled to him where he's already just getting a ton of volume every single week when he's healthy. So. Yeah. So, I mean, the value is probably fine, but mm-hmm. I think I just hold Deontay at this point. Um, yep. Our last trade, an early first. So we're talking top three, top four mm-hmm. for Wayne Gullman, David Montgomery, and what might be the 112, 111 or 112. That's how good that team is. <laughs> dang um man i might keep the early first away from them just for that reason then but i mean uh, this, uh, none of the picks involved belong to either of the teams involved <laughs> let's let's make that more complicated oh, nice. so the late late first didn't come from the team who's gonna win the league <laughs> i think okay so the, i can and, do that because i'm the one that dealt away the early i dealt away the early first so so the early first is a contender i'm trying to be <laughs> nice. Nice. i'm making the playoffs whether i like it or not let's put it that way so i'm like let me just try yeah plus, least... i like the guys at the end of this draft like i love the wide receivers that are coming out and i figure if i'm at the 110 to 112 i'm gonna either get a chance at one of these good wide receivers or one of the second tier quarterbacks and i'm fine with that yeah so i was I was willing to move back in this draft and I figured if I'm willing to do that and I'm making the playoffs, let me grab two running backs that should score me points in the playoffs. Yeah, totally. That, that was kind of my read on this is you're taking points off of a contender, uh, in here in 2020. So, you know, that, that makes it easier for me. Um, that early first man, I mean, if it if it's not if if it's it, it, at this point, I think we can tell where one hundred and one is going to be. And if it's not that, then I'm fine. Okay. I'm not, it is not one hundred and one or one hundred and two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with it then. Okay. Good because I felt pretty good about him. Plus, Dave Montgomery just sort of crushed this week, so I feel pretty good about. <laughs> Great schedule too. The I mean, the best schedule for running backs from here. Yep. Another reason that's pretty much why I did it. I I, I seeked sucked sucked seeked him out i went after him <laughs> in all of my leagues that I, I was competing in to see if i can pull him away and whatever team he was not on a contender you know i i went and i grabbed at him well tried to at least yeah um but that's the end of our show sheet so that's going to be the end of our show because heaven forbid we do a show that's under an hour and a half uh, <laughs> um, but before we do i do my wrap up why don't you do yours let the people know who you are what you do and where they can find what you do sure super flex dude as Superflex dude on Twitter and uh, host of the Superflex Super Show and the brand new 
I don't even know for sure what to call Superflex City. I it's kind of a podcast network, but it's just so much more. I mean, it's just a consolidation of all things Superflex. It is a Superflex hub. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And it so it includes a Superflex Super Show. It includes Superflexible. It includes Superflexbert. Superflex Berts. And then Yeah. And then so many more. Um, we're uh, honestly, we create a new podcast every week. And that's, I think that's going to continue. That's going to be like you did your commissioner show that we talked about before. Yep. We'll Uh, have commissioner centric. We'll have there was was uh, going rogue with Hogue. Was that what you called it? Yeah. That's right. Or rogue, Hogue gone rogue, something like that. That's it. Hogue gone rogue. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's just, uh, and, and that's honestly just, me sitting in my office quarantined and wanting to talk football and no one's around. So you're, you're just getting nothing but my voice for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And, and, uh, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but I cannot stop doing that because I can't talk, I can't stop talking about this game and Mm -hmm. getting to, getting to talk with one of my absolute best friends uh, about this for the last hour and a half hour 40 minutes it looks like um, <laughs> been a real treat i've been looking forward to this since uh, uh you know all week all weekend yeah it was funny like i i reached out to you and like we were just talking i'm like wait you haven't i haven't talked to you on a podcast in like forever and that's stupid like the last time was what the draft probably right like something like that yeah like, that's I mean, just... we, we we did an ff mercs together but stompy just i mean just kind of stomped all over that thing and just made it. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that where we did the, like the find me a trade thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. It, it, it had been way too long. So it was, uh, it was awesome to get the invitation and even better to be here with you, man. Oh yeah. And I'm definitely going to sneak my way into one of your many shows of the Superflex city hub. You, you have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> you already have a downtown loft in Superflex City, and you don't even know about it yet. Fully furnished. Yeah. Fix my tie. I'm feeling swanky. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to do my spiel. I'm going to say patreon.com slash tradeaddictspod. Uh, you get to jump in the chat and ask us some questions, like Nick Martinez did while we're talking. And you also can be part of the Cool Kids Club, our awesome chat on GroupMe, where there are people smarter than me, such as Brian Hart in that chat. Um, so come in, have a good time, all of that stuff. We do ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com where you can buy awesome swag, which I'm going to make stuff for Superflex City so I can have it. I don't care if anyone else buys it. I don't care if you advertise about it at all. I want it, so I'm making it. <laughs> I, 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 I can use a new sticker and coffee mug and t-shirt. There so you it's go. happening, whether you like it or not. Awesome. And all money brought in from FF Pod Shirts goes straight to charity. Uh, Brian and I, we trade off every other month picking a charity. It's my turn. And I chose Partners in Healing, which is a charity that helps people fighting cancer pay their bills, not necessarily their medical bills, but lets them concentrate on what's in front of them and not have to worry about their mortgage or rent or electric or water bill. It just, it helps you live your life as normal as humanly possible. So buy an awesome Superflex City sticker, mug and t-shirt and help some people out. I mean, that's that's what we do it for, right? Um, so do that. Also, we have our awesome wristbands, which are 
let me say it right, neon green and navy blue, because I always get the color switched. I say neon blue and navy green, which are not colors. I guess <laughs> neon blue might be a color, but that's not the point. Um, trade addicts pod have little footballs on them. Hashtag trade addicts, uh, $5 per wristband, $2 of each wristband goes, will go towards partners in healing as well. Slide up into at Brian Hart FF's DMs and he can get them out to you. Um, I always think there's supposed to be more. Like, I need to write this down. Like, you have it so perfectly freaking scripted. And, like, I don't even write anything down. And I always feel like there should be more. But I'm, I think that's the end of it. So thank you for coming on, John. I love talking to you. I love seeing your angelic face <laughs> yeah. going on right now and hearing your beautiful, beautiful voice. And I'm going to say goodnight, John. Night out, house. I cooked it. I did it. I'm still not used. To, I, I'm looking over there at my other screen. So... And I have Google Docs up, and there's a big button where the end broadcast should be. It says <laughs> share. So I click the share button. Now I need to go over here and hit end broadcast. And I'm leaving all of this in anyway. I am not. Thank you for listening to the Freda Addict Podcast. Please remember to follow our host at Dynasty Please review, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.